Don't just long that God take away the circumstance. Long that through the circumstance, your worship ignites. That's hope as he does something amazing and healing in your life. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be celebrating and worshiping our King today. May God get all the glory. Man, we're in a series called Hope that heals, hope that heals. And uh, just to let you know, you know, usually I put the sermon calendar together like over the summertime and build the 52 week calendar. And, and uh, we had the sermon series kind of all set up. We were walking through an Easter series and that was set to go uh, a bit longer, like through May and early part of June. What I ended up doing was shortening that up changing a title over to Hope That Heals, grabbing a lot of those sermons and moving them into this series, and then adding some to it. So this Hope That Heals sermon series, a little bit of what was planned last summer and a lot of putting things together now that makes sense for where we're going. May God get all the glory as he teaches us how to look to him and hope in him in the midst of struggle. And uh, so today, this passage we're looking at, it's a passage that teaches us a word that we don't really like to talk about much, uh, suffering, teaches us how to suffer well. It teaches us how to suffer and hope. It teaches us to look to our king and be able to find hope in the God who brings comfort. Our God comforts us. Our God is right here with us and we are not alone. Man, whatever you are going through, please hear me. You have a God who is willing to comfort you in each and every breath of each and every day. Your God with you. So let's take a look today at what it means to have a God that brings comfort, to have hope in his comfort so that in the middle of our sufferings, we long to look to him and worship him. So here we go. Point number one, how do we go after this hope in a God and his comfort? Look to the God of mercies who actively comforts you. Look to the God of mercies. Recognize that he is the God of mercies and that he's actively comforting you. May we look to him. So as we jump in here, we're jumping into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Turn with me, if you will, there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. This is a letter written by Paul to the Corinthian church. They've been going through a lot of heartaches, a lot of struggles. There's some challenges they've been under, some persecution they've been under, some hurts that have taken place in their life. And Paul's getting a very personal letter written to them in 2 Corinthians. And, and uh, he starts out right away talking to them about some of the struggles that they're going through. And so let's jump in at verse three. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Let's just hold right there. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word blessed, it means celebrate him, praise him, speak well of him, lift his name up. Make much of your God, who is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure we celebrate and understand that he is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords. There's a complexity to God we barely get, right? There is one God and yet three persons. There is this massive complexity to the fact that we have God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And he's like, know this and celebrate this. 
that you have God the Father, the one who has a will over it all. He speaks across it all, and he's going to invest into your life regularly. He is also the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He acts as Father while Jesus plays the role of Son. And this massive complexity of a oneness in God also has the three persons and God the Father fully and gloriously interacting with God the Son. Praise his name in all of his complexity and all of his relational warmth and all of his connectedness and all that the Father and the Son are to us. He deserves to be worshiped with all we have. Man, may we learn to lift him up. It says not only the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, but the Father of mercies. And we as human beings, we wrestle with our sin every day. We wrestle with ourself and what we wish we weren't and what we know needs to change and the sin that's washing on our shore that we choose because of our own sinfulness and our God working with us mercifully. Everybody just say mercy. I know you missed the uptake. Say it out loud, say it big. Mercy. He is the father of mercy. There is no mercy without God Almighty. He is the father of mercy. He is our hope in mercy. What does mercy mean? It means that when we deserve a justice or a punishment to be given to us, it's being withheld because God is doing something bigger and something other. He is the father of mercy as he withholds what we rightly deserve as our punishment gets put on the cross of Jesus Christ and he carries our sin and all of its penalty and cost. That is mercy. May we thank our king for mercy. He is the father of holding back what we rightly deserve. The father of mercies and the third piece and the God of all comfort. Yes, in his complexity. Yes, in his mercy. And yes, in his comfort. As our God steps into our suffering, as he comes alongside of us and he brings comfort to bear. I love the word comfort. If you break it down in the English, it's actually made up of two different pieces. The first part, that C-O-M, that com, it means with or alongside. And the fort, it means to bring strength, comfort, to come alongside and bring strength. That's what the word comfort means. To be there and hurt with you, to renew a little bit and bring strength in the moment. It says, This God of all comfort, of how much comfort? Yeah, all, don't miss it, say it loud, say it big. How much comfort? All comfort. Like there is no comfort without your God. And and don't ever miss that. When a human being is interacting with you and bringing a moment of comfort that is so sweet and that is so powerful, but just so you know, that is authored by God Almighty and brought down into this world. He is the God of all. All comfort. All comfort comes from him, is sourced by him, even into humanity as he impacts us to move and comfort others. It says, who comforts, with all, who comforts us in all our affliction. He comforts us in all of our, in how many of our afflictions? All. I'm just going to let that set for a moment. He comforts us in how many of our afflictions? All. How many times do we feel like we're going through an affliction 
And we don't experience that comfort. He's actively participating into all of our afflictions. Let's make sure we understand that word affliction well. That word in the original language, it speaks to kind of those outside pressures, the broken world washing in, the pains and struggles that you might go through, whether it's sicknesses that roll on or there's sin of another person as that rolls on you or whatever it is in this broken world that hits you. It can even be, some would say, hey, I think this passage is only about persecution. I would say this passage is about persecution, but it's about more than that. It is about those moments where you take a stand for Jesus Christ and maybe then someone takes a stand against you. You find repercussions in your job, in your friendships, persecution in this world in some way. Yes, that, but more than that, when the brokenness of this world washes on your shore, you are experiencing affliction. And God is with you in that. And there is comfort in that. As God comes alongside, he comforts us in all of our afflictions and all of the washings on our shore that hurt us and cause us to struggle. And, uh, you know, as I wrestled with this this week, I was like, what does it mean that God comforts? And uh, let's make sure we have a really solid understanding of how God comforts, all right? So I just wrote this down, six ways that God comforts. Six ways that God comforts. And we're going to break it down into two groups of three. And so the first group of three, here we go. Six ways that God comforts. First, his presence. His presence. He literally walks with you. He's saying this, you are not alone. I am right here with you. The glory and the majesty of the God of the universe right here with me. I am not alone. Man, if you are wrestling, if you are struggling, if you are hurting, if you have a heartache, if this world is washing on your shore, please hear me. You are not alone. Your God loves you with all, you, with all he's got and he's bringing his presence into your life. Second, he also brings understanding. He weeps with you. Your tears become his tears. He's weeping with you. He's hurting with you. He's crying out alongside of you. This is where the Holy Spirit steps in. Romans chapter eight, and it says he groans on your behalf. When you have no words to say, God having words for you, with you, on behalf of you, crying out to the Godhead and God wrapping his arms around you. He is with you. And he is understanding in the moment. He weeps with you. And he weeps your tears as you cry. His presence, his understanding, number three, his assisting. He is willing to be carrying your burdens. He is carrying for you. Yes, he's weeping for you and with you. He's carrying for you. He's taking your burden and he's making it his burden. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come to me. He's willing to be able to carry your hurt and your heartache, to be able to take in that moment when you can't take and be able to help you along the path as he's carrying for you in that hurt, in that moment. Don't miss it. This isn't God's plan to say, you never have to do a thing, just sit there. 
But this is God coming alongside in your brokenness and saying, I'm so hurting with you. I'm so with you. Let me help you with that as we get going. And he begins to carry alongside of you. I think the best way to summarize these first three portions of God's comfort is the word mercy. A large portion of God's comfort into your life will be his expressed mercy into your life as he brings his glorious presence down into the quiet of your hurt, as he brings his weeping and crying with your tears. If you have tears of affliction, please hear me, your God is crying with you. And he is willing also to begin to carry that load with you. Mercy in the midst of your hurting. That's part of God's comfort for you. But there's more than that. Here's the next three. So number four on six ways that God comforts. The next three here. Uh, Encouraging. Encouraging. He whispers promises of encouragement. Hope into you. This is who I am. This is my character. This is what I'm about. He's encouraging right? This is what I long to do in your life. This is what I'm promising you and guaranteeing you. Encouragement. Just a little note. Have you ever gone through something so tragic, so hurtful, so devastating, and somebody came up to comfort, and the first thing they did is try to be encouraging. Don't worry. God loves you. God's there for you. He's he's a God of character. And all of a sudden, there's all this encouragement. I'm just telling you, the words of truth, the second half is all truth-based stuff. The words of truth can come too quickly. Did you hear me on that? The words of truth can come too quickly. Our God comforts and he starts with the mercy, with the presence and the hurting with and the carrying. But as you begin to get a little bit of strength, he's like, you've got it. You're doing it. This is what I'm doing in your life. Let me encourage you with this. This is what I'm about. And it gives you a little bit more of the inkling to move, to step with him. God's working along with you as he moves you. Please hear me. Comfort should never jump in with words too fast that are trying to just bring truth. May we hurt with those who hurt. Ready? And all of God's people said, and don't miss that. Huge deal. May we hurt with those who hurt. That's how our God comes alongside of us with mercy first. And then truth, that encouraging point we said. Now the fifth one, informing. He starts to give purposeful perspective. His word, maybe the Holy Spirit pressing in, maybe even uses somebody else as they share something in with your life. He's giving purposeful, biblical, plan perspective. He's informing. He's giving you the plan, man. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm headed. This is even a moment. You've come through some of the hurts. You've been struggling. He's been giving mercy along the way. The tears have been flowing. Maybe things are drying up a little bit in the tear department. He's beginning to encourage in. And as he's informing, he's like, look back. Look at some of what you've come through. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm going to be doing so much more. Hang on. He starts informing and bringing a hope in it. God's comfort, man. He absolutely brings informing in the right timing. Everybody say right timing. And he brings that plan of hope. And then the last one, strengthening. This is supernatural transforming. This is where he literally changes your soul one degree of glory at a time. That's part of God's comfort. As he reaches in to soothe our hurts, part of it is he is changing our soul to be ever more resilient 
to have more endurance, to be able to look into the face of a hurt and affliction, a tragedy and say, I still see my God's hand in this. God changing our soul to have a worship in the midst of this broken world. Man, that's spiritual transformation. That's healing. That's God's work. And uh, comfort, yeah, I would say it comes in really two sections. The mercy section. As he comes alongside, right, as he cries with you and as he carries alongside of you. And then the truth section. As he gives this huge encouragement, hope and promise, he informs into the plan and he even starts to transform your soul so you can look back and look forward and long for your God to get all the glory. May our God comfort us and all of God's people said, and that's how your God works with you. And are you an expert on your God comforting in your life? Maybe you're in the middle of affliction right now. Look to the God of comfort. He is comforting you in the midst, right? Now he gives a little bit of a statement after it. He says, yeah, he is the God who comes and gives us comfort in all of our affliction. And then he says, so that we are able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So that we're able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Literally, so we can come alongside and share a hope with others. I'm just telling you, I've heard this passage so misquoted. And in the middle of a devastation, in the middle of an affliction or a heartache, the statement goes, God gave you that affliction so that you could go comfort others. That is not what this passage says. That is a miss on this passage, man. It does not say affliction so you can comfort. Dude, that left you without any comfort. In the middle of your barrenness, just go be comforting to others. That's not what it says. It says in the middle of an affliction, God comes in and he pours in the comfort. He is a God of all comfort. And as he takes you and mercifully moves you along, as he pours into your life, as he begins to bring hope and understanding and plan and transformation, all that comfort, life altering, he says, with that comfort, now reach out to those around you and bring a little bit of comfort. Comfort from our God is what brings us to comfort others. So important we catch that. And all of God's people said, and don't miss that. Our job is to be comforting others as we experience the comfort of our King. I love this promise. He says, we even have the privilege now of being able to come into others' lives and bring comfort. Literally, I'd say it this way. As he says, for us to be a comfort, he's saying, be a testimony. Be able to share with others what God has done in your life. Please be careful as you're sharing the testimony of comfort that you do remember if they're in the early phases of devastation, that you're hanging on the mercy side of the comfort. How did God come into your world with his tender presence, with his weeping for you, with his carrying burden? If you're going to bring testimony to the early phases of hurting, make sure you're bringing the early phases of comfort, right? but being clear along the way of all that God's doing, the testimony, and then more than testimony, that you might be mirroring. In other words, it's God's comfort into you reflecting off into comfort into them. You're a mirror. God is the source of the comfort, and it's coming off of you and into them. May you be a comfort to those around you. As you experience God's comfort, so may it come to them. May we truly be a testimony. May we be a mirror of God's comfort May we have the privilege of partnering together and caring for one another in the midst of affliction. 
He says, for those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. With the comfort that we are comforted by God. His comfort into my life, mirrored out into this world. May God get all the glory. Please hear me. God says, yes, we are called to comfort because of the comfort he pours into us. It is so important we grasp this. Don't ever let this verse be misquoted again. If you hear somebody walk up and in the middle of a struggle, they're like, well, God gave that to you so you could comfort someone else. Mistake. So misunderstood. This passage says that God will pour in the comfort so that you might be able to comfort others. See that. God isn't leaving you alone. He is longing to hurt with you. He has such a tender heart for you. Your God loves you with all he's got. Huge deal. It says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, he will share abundantly in the comfort too. As we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, and uh, Paul's being real clear here. He's like, hey, we were talking about afflictions. Now we're calling it Christ's sufferings. So let's make sure we understand this, right? How did Christ suffer? Well, the broken world washed on his shore for sure, right? The sinfulness of humanity washing on his shore. Even the sickness of the world washing on his shore. The expectations washing on his shore. But more than that, persecution washed on his shore. Even persecution to the point of death. And this is a part of the passage where some would say, so I think it's all about persecution. And I'll say this, I think this passage absolutely is about persecution and more. And I think all of the brokenness washing on Christ. Can you imagine? Jesus, creator of the universe, spoke this world into perfect existence. And in tragic human choice, sin all over the place, destroying it down, Jesus Christ comes in, becomes man, takes on flesh, and sin starts washing up on his shore constantly. The king of the universe, perfect, and the brokenness of the world washing on him. It's like that, those afflictions washing on you. So maybe this speaks a little less to our own sin and the stuff we've caused. Probably better to use words like trial than consequence here, right? This is God saying in the midst of the heartache of this world washing on you, Man, please hear me. So through Christ, you'll experience the comfort of God being right there with you. The mercy in the moment, the lifting up, and then even the words of truth that need to come in the right timing to be able to lift you up, move you through, and strengthen you. May God get all the glory. We serve a God of comfort. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. Well, so most of you know, uh, I've been on quite the journey over the last years. Our family, our church has been on a journey uh, in these last years. Since 2013, I was diagnosed with, I'll just call it a brain tumor. It was a pituitary tumor, but this brain tumor uh, in 2013 and ended up having a surgery in 2013, another in 2015, another in 2018. Um, man, I'm just telling you, our family went through some deep, deep lows. We went through some heartaches and some tears. We went through some crying out and some longing. We longed with this church. My God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship you. And I'm telling you, some of the lowest low moments brought some of the highest high experiences with my God. There has never been sweeter, more powerful mountaintop experience for me than in some of those dark low moments. 
Yeah, God might allow an affliction to hit, but I'm telling you, when he comforts, it racks your world. I can still look back to a couple of those days and weeks, and I know exactly what that was, and it brings me to tears. My God's comfort. And, uh, you know, we had more than just three surgeries. I ended up with a gamma knife radiation to try to get the thing in check, and our whole goal was to just stop the tumor from growing. And that was our goal. If we could just stop it from growing. If it shrinks, that's awesome, but just stop it from growing, get it to be dead in its growth track, right? And uh, that's been our prayer over these last two years. And uh, this last week ended up having an MRI and uh, the feedback from the MRI came back and uh, talking to Dr. Klaffenstein. And, and uh, so here's the deal. The basic statement is at this point, there's definitely not any growth to the tumor. And in fact, quite probable slight reduction in the tumor. And uh, praise God for that, man. I'm just telling you, uh, I wasn't quite sure I was going to hear those words this time. And, um, you know, over the winter, I really let my diet go. I was enjoying a lot of sugars. <laughs> and uh, just so you know, sugars can actually feed this kind of tumor sometimes. And I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't do something bad. And so I've shifted my diet back and uh, praise God, we got through that without the tumor growing, right? And, but bottom line, we got great word from God and a comfort in the midst and a truth factor. It is a little bit shrinking at this time and praise God for that. We're just elated that we continue in this journey. We can worship our king and the comfort that comes in. Simple question. So what's your struggle? What's your affliction? Your affliction? What's your heartache? What's the moment where your God is right alongside of you? Men, are you looking to your king and are you seeing the God of all comfort move? Look for these six parts to the comfort. If it's the early phases of the affliction or it's been deep heartache with a lot of tears still, look for the first three. God's present with you. God's weeping on your behalf. God's carrying your burden. Even look for him to be putting humanity into your life that's mirroring that same comfort. What affliction do you have to lay over to your king? Are you willing to look to him? Okay, point number two, be patient in the suffering. Be patient in the suffering. It will bring his comfort into focus. Be patient in the suffering. It will bring his comfort into focus. He starts out in verse six here. He says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Please know what he just said. He's like, hey, as an apostle, we're, we're struggling out. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort. Do you hear the word comfort for them twice over? They're getting the benefit both ways. And as Paul's going through the struggle, he's like, just in the midst of the struggle, God being able to bring salvation to your souls, church growing and on fire, your comfort as God is working in your lives. And then as God is comforting us and we're able to bring that hope and that life, man, we mirror that down in and we share that over and more comfort. And our God is a comforting God in this broken world. And all of God's people said, and then we have the privilege of partnering and being able to mirror that out to those around us. Paul's like, yeah, we had the privilege of being able to be a part of your comforting, both in our affliction and our comfort, bringing comfort to you. May we see God at work in the midst and be patient. Everybody just say patient. 
you know, say it louder, say it bigger, <laughs> patient. That's not a word we like to say. That's not a word we like to say loudly. Maybe unless you're talking to your kids about them begging for something you don't want to give them, right? <laughs> patient. And uh, may we be patient in the midst. It says, may we actually hang on in the midst of this. It says, may we uh, go through this moment of experiencing comfort. It is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. When you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Please hear me. God sitting next to us, God hurting with us, God crying out on our behalf, God doing things to comfort, we may miss. And he's like, our patience, our waiting on it, super essential. And as we wait, it's part of our receiving of God's comfort. All too often, the reason we don't sense God's comfort in our life is because we're shaking a fist and we're declaring how wrong something is. We're demanding that God change it or somebody else change it. And we're missing the fact that our comforting God is bringing the whisper of comfort into our soul. Man, be careful. Wait patiently in the midst and long to see God work. The word patience, so important to experiencing the comfort of our King. He says, which you experience when you patiently endure. God pouring on the comfort and we may miss it when we're not patiently enduring. And then he says, the same sufferings that we suffer, these same broken world things washing on shore. Yeah, that includes persecution and yes, so much more. Broken, sinful world washing on shore, the trials of this world and the struggles that we face and God saying, I am right here with you in it. Just hang on. Ready? Here's the key word, wait. Wait on the Lord. Look to him and long for his answer. May God get all the glory. May we uh, patiently endure. It says, our hope for you is unshaken. Like we're confident of what God is doing. We're confident in his promise. We're confident in his presence. We are confident in how he's working in your life. We see him working in ours. We see him building the church. And our hope for you is massive. As you wait on your Lord, patiently enduring, he will bring a comfort to your soul that will rock your world. Wait on the Lord. Wait on him. May we be patient in the midst of our sufferings, may we become so artful in handing our suffering over to our God, maybe with tears in our eyes. Please hear me on this. If we are waiting biblically, it doesn't mean there are no tears. Everybody hear that? We might be waiting biblically, we might be waiting hopefully, but it still hurts. Tears are not wrong in the midst of affliction. Not trusting and not hoping is wrong. Lord, I'm not walking away from you, but God, this hurts. Those are the tears your God is sharing with you. Hope with him. Tear up with him. Hang in there with him. And your God of comfort will be doing an amazing, amazing healing work in your soul. Let your God comfort you in his sufferings. It is so much about the allowing him to comfort, right? You can picture uh, like our little dog, uh, when the storm comes in, 
He jumps up on the bed. He comes up close. He lays down right next to me. He's like, dude, I am not comfortable with this. And he's laying down really close to me. We, the first dog we ever had was a lab. And when the storm would hit, she would run to the basement, panic, and start scratching on the floor. I don't know what was going on, but she would not come with us. She would not let us comfort her. And she was separated away, hurting and freaking out in panic anxiety. May we not be that person. Lord God, I'm alone and I'm panicking. I'm not talking to you and it's all about what I'm feeling right. May it not be that. Lord God, I'm nestling up right next to you. My tears are welling up, but I'm leaning on you and trusting you. I'm waiting on you. Wait patiently on him. It says our hope for you is unshaken. And uh, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. We know that our God is a God of comfort and a God of miracle work. And so we excitedly look to him. Paul's like, we know he's building the church and we know he's building your soul. And we know that in the midst of whatever you're going through, your God is pouring in comfort beyond comfort, beyond comfort. Look to your king. Whatever that struggle is, right? Maybe it's sickness that's washed on your shore. Maybe it's just concerns and fears that have washed on your shore. Maybe it's a lost job that's washed on your shore. Maybe it's frustrations. Maybe it's just flat out loneliness and social starvation and longing to get back together. In the midst of whatever it is, Lord, I'm handing this to you and I'm waiting on you. Your timing, your way, your place. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. May we wait on him. I'm just gonna say, waiting in the midst of a struggle can be very hard. It can be super difficult. And uh, honestly, one of the most difficult parts about waiting is when you're getting to the end of the struggle and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, I can almost see it. I'm feeling better. It's coming out. We're seeing things restored, but it's not quite done. And we start envisioning what it's going to be like when it's all fixed, all better. And then all of a sudden, as we've gotten done dreaming in that moment, I can see the light. I can imagine what it's going to be. We turn around to reality and we're still in it a little bit. And it starts to wash back up and it just takes our breath away again. It almost feels like it knocks you down one, right? Please hear me. Be patient and endurant in the suffering all the way to the end. Right? When it comes to this coronavirus, dude, we're almost, hang on. We're coming through it. We're getting there. I know a lot of us are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Just hang in there. Let's endure patiently to the end. May God get all the glory as he brings comfort even in these final moments, right? Huge deal for us as we wrestle with us and our loneliness and our struggles and our hurts and our sicknesses and our job losses and all that's being caused right now by this situation. And uh, So I just wrote a couple things down here and I just wanted to take this moment in the illustration to bring almost a little family chat thought moment. What does it look like now for us as a church? What does it look like for me personally? How do I partner with the church? How are we going forward? And so we talked about the personal, right? Handing the afflictions to your God, having, handing the concerns to him. Now as the church, I'm just going to say this. 
I know the COVID-19 metrics, they're showing good news, right? And we've had a lot of turn, especially the state of Illinois. We've had a lot of change in this past week. We've had uh, emergency rulings ended and pulled back out that were going to put us under for a long time. And those are done. We now have this executive order that we're standing under, this governor's executive order. It's done as of this Saturday, May 30th. It appears from the way the legislature is moving here right at the end of the week that there's not going to be allowed to be any more uh, emergency moments of executive orders being dropped in. This 30 days is it. So this Saturday looks like it's probably the end of the executive order coming up on May 30th. So then what? Well, so our legislature in Illinois has basically said we're trying to get on that. Actually, they're trying to resolve that this weekend so that this next week there's some things put in place. We'll see how it all rolls out. But our understanding is this next week coming up, we should see the Illinois Department of Public Health rolling out some guidelines, some protocols, some procedures, some capacity measures, maybe even phases. We'll see how all that works. They're going to speak to it. And that's going to give us some understanding of how we can move as a church, all right? So, the executive order ending, we're going to be following what will probably be the Illinois Department of Public Health. That's our best understanding as of today. And we're going to be looking to that. That's what we've been guided to watch. That's the next layer of uh, authority that's going to be speaking in. And so we're going to be tracking with them who is also tracking with the CDC then nationally. That's how things are going to play out. So our cry out, Lord God, we long to be able to worship you. I'm just telling you, I long to be able to see this roof lifted off. But hear this, the beginnings of getting together are probably going to have some level of limitation to them. And we're going to have to live with that and make plans in that. So here's a couple of things I want to say to make it super crystal clear. Number one, and we love you with all we've got. We love you cannot wait to worship with you, cannot wait to see the church being able to be brought back together in the various ways, shapes, and forms. Love you and long to be with you. Let's still remain patient as the ends of this is coming to a close. That's number one. Right? Number two, whatever the plans are, for some of you, it's going to be coming together too soon. And for others of you, it's going to be coming together too late right? And we recognize that. Please, again, just remain faithful. Sit under the leadership and authority that we have in this state. And ultimately, we're probably going to have to make some decisions as a church. And so respectfully, let's work together. Let's love together. For some, it'll be too soon. For some, it'll be too late. We're going to try to partner this together and make sense out of it as this all unfolds in the next upcoming week or more. We'll see how that takes place. We believe it'll be this week. And uh, number three, know this, we launched a live stream online campus. We will not be taking that online campus down. That is going to go on going forward. We are always going to have that online presence, that live stream presence as we move forward. So there will always be that available to get online with us. Make sure you know that. Make sure you hear that. This is something that God provided in for us. We've been able to put some things together and we now have an online campus. So one of the things that happened in the coronavirus is we planted an online campus and all of God's people said. And so the online will continue. Please know that we will keep that going. And uh, number four here that I wrote down is, um, just so you know, there's not going to be any in-person meeting this next Sunday, May 31. We're not going to do that for sure. And the June 2nd women's meeting, the worship and all that service is going to be delivered online as well. 
So this next Sunday and Tuesday are going to be delivered online. For sure we're doing those. Other than that, we've got to see the guidances that come out. We'll make some decisions and we'll make sense out of it. So at least you've gotten a plan for the next seven to nine days. You know what's happening. This next week, we're still going to have the online service. We're going to be mapping out. We'll be getting email out to you. We're going to be making it so crystal clear what the options are. And here's my request. Man, please be wise. Please be careful. Please make good decisions for yourself and for your family. If there's more risk in your life or in your home, please consider that and be careful. Our job in this is not to be so frustrated that we run out and we be impetuous. May we wisely and carefully, as we're coming to the end of this suffering, just saying, Lord God, I long to worship you. I long to hand this to you. And each step of each day, I'm looking for you to be my comfort and my king. And all of God's people said, amen, man. We love you. We are excited for what's going on. I'm happy to see that this is turning a corner and the state of Illinois is looking towards us beginning to come back together in some ways. And we'll see what that looks like and we'll make plans together. We'll see you online next Sunday. And women, for that big service on Tuesday night, don't miss that. That'll be an online service as well, all right? That's where we're headed. So may God get all the glory as we wait on him. Everybody say, wait, right? Say it louder, say it bigger, wait. Say it louder, say it bigger, wait. May God get all the glory as we let him work in the middle of this affliction. He is our God of all comfort. Let's pray. 